What game are you going to do, Matt? Uh, Soma. Soma. That's actually – that was one of Matt's uh, 2020 games of the years. It's also a game I can't imagine either of you guys playing, so that's why I'm going to do it. No, you actually intrigued me when you talked about it, but, like, anytime I actually think about playing it, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't think you should play it, to be perfectly honest with you. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to another episode of Couch Co-op, a video game podcast. It's kind of like a book club, only for video game nerds. Today, we're doing our second round of show and tell. This time, I'm up, and I'm going to talk about a game called Soma. Now, I've brought this game up multiple times in our recordings, and I just figure I should take this opportunity to really just speak about it because I don't necessarily think that I would recommend playing this game. If anything, I would say find a YouTube clip that has a playthrough and sit back and watch that because the gameplay to this isn't that great. And I say that with a caveat that I played it wrong. So let me get into that. Anyway, the basic premise for Soma, you wake up, you play as a character named Simon and you pretty much discover that he suffered a major brain injury in a car accident. This is a game designed for a VR headset. So, so much of the early going is really just spending time in Simon's world, his little apartment, kind of exploring. You can pull up in drawers, you can find notes, you can kind of build his backstory, but it's totally not necessary. It truthfully doesn't add a terrible amount. So you proceed to go to this doctor's appointment where you're about to get an experimental uh, brain scan that supposedly has potential to maybe help him long term. You're not sure. All you know is that you're dying and you desperately need medical attention. So you're willing to try anything. So you enter the brain scan, immediately come out of that. And all of a sudden you're stuck in this shitty rundown laboratory. Everything looks like hell. It's gnarly, whatnot. Again, it's a VR headset game. So, so much of it is supposed to be the panic of kind of looking all around, getting your bearings. But if you're playing on a controller and a TV like I did, it's still kind of bland. You essentially have to figure out how to like break a window, hop through it, walk around for a bit, try to find clues. Again, the premise of the game is designed around being stuck in this headset and actually exploring in that manner. It doesn't have the same effect when you're just walking up and clicking on stuff. So as you proceed through this rundown laboratory, it, you run into some, first you run into some robots that are clearly bad guys. They really look like giant robot chickens. It's, it's quite comical, actually, that these are supposed to be the villains that are supposed to be terrifying to you, particularly because they are very scary in, the, in terms of the audio they emit. But then when you see them, it, it literally is just a giant chicken just kind of bumping around. And if it sees you, it just darts at you and hits you. And yeah, it, it's pretty frustrating, pretty boring. Again, this is right around the point in the game where I was pretty much just going to tap out on it. What kind of got me sucked in, though, is you make a turn, you run down a corridor, and you find this robot that's pinned under this, this giant pipe, and it's basically yelling at you to like go find a medic to help it out 
and you're kind of looking at it and it's like dude you're you're a robot like what the hell and the person just or the robot keeps yelling at you over and over it's like i don't know what you're talking about go find a medic i need help i'm bleeding here so kind of that's the first moment where you're just kind of like what the hell is going on here the game proceeds and i'm not going to go into every plot point because i know they'll botch it a and b it's just too long and has various twists but i'm going to focus on the main highlights eventually as you're proceeding you run in to you discover uh an engineer named Catherine who you can speak to through this device that you're carrying around she becomes kind of your partner throughout this exploration she's a scientist that was working on the thing and basically she was formally she's essentially just a voice in a machine that is completely comfortable because she's she knows she's a voice in a machine she's just encouraging you to try to go through this various thing to escape from this rundown facility you keep going the place floods, you find out the whole facility is underwater. Again, one of those moments where it totally takes you out of your element because you're not expecting it. Like you went from just thinking, oh, I'm in a laboratory to, oh, I'm in a laboratory underwater. When you get submerged, you find out that your character is wearing a diving suit, which seems like a random thing to just be trudging around in. But you know, because of that, you're able to survive underwater. Underwater gameplay to me is always kind of intriguing. I didn't really have the pleasure of playing some of the better underwater games, as I know our colleague Jack here has. But I will say that it's a cool environment, particularly when so much of the focus of the gameplay is, again, thinking from the VR headset component, looking around, exploring, trying to find your bearings. So having that kind of aquatic great unknown element is really cool. Um, to play with uh, one of the big plot points that stood out to me there's two that I'll run down there's one where there's two robots floating around this underwater station one of them's essentially a puppy dog it's like this cute little drone that's been following you around for all intents and purposes it seems like it's brainless but it totally has the personality of the puppy like it chases you around it's super excited and giddy and the other one is very clearly human, but it's very clearly a human that's not of sound mind. It's just in this robotic, essentially looks like a submarine. It's just floating around circles, talking to itself. And you're told by Catherine, your companion, that you need to take a living device or a device from one of these two robots in order to proceed. So you're faced with many of these moral decisions in this game where you're given the opportunity. It's like, what are you going to do? Do you kill the puppy dog? Do you kill the human who's seemingly not of sound mind? It's a very heinous decision to have to make. It doesn't affect the ultimate ending or the gameplay all that much, no matter which decision you make. But again, this is where I was saying I didn't play this game right because the whole point was you're supposed to be immersed in this headset. You're supposed to be stuck with your thoughts. And admittedly, the few times I've played VR, it is kind of a very isolating experience. So to be kind of trying to take on these very moralistic concepts while also being stuck in this very sensory deprivation thing. Uh, it, it's a unique concept to me. You continue along and then the other big plot point that really stood out to me is you, you find out eventually that the reason you're in the situation you are is that the planet Earth has been wiped out by a comet. The only existing humans were in this underwater station planning some means to sustain humanity. There was a giant mega computer called the WOW 
the mega computers wow's only objective is to preserve humanity so in order to preserve humanity the machine did what a machine would do seemingly and that's turned all the humans into robots or and or biomechanical creatures like you do encounter i believe two humans in the game they're kept alive purely by this machine having plugged them full of different wiring to basically prevent them from dying because that's its only objective is to sustain humanity it's at this point too you get your first major shock where you realize that your main character that's why he's theirs because when he got the brain scan his consciousness was uploaded onto essentially a jump drive and they were able to revive him into a robotic body that way so you are in fact a cyborg not just a human trudging around in an underwater diving suit like you know bioshock 2 for instance so now you're already dealt dealing with this major shock of realizing that you're not actually human anymore that you're just literally a consciousness in a robotic body but that you've been interacting with somebody who's also in the same predicament and catherine who the only difference is since she's a scientist since she was aware from, from the get-go she's completely fine with it she sees no problem with what's going on so you reach a point where you need to get i believe it's a code and i may be wrong with that but it really doesn't matter but you discover that there's a person that has something that you need from them. And the only way you're gonna be able to get it from them is to revive his consciousness because you have a brain scan and he'll be able to relay this information to you. And so you basically plug him into a computer simulator and your goal is to try and make him comfortable enough that he's going to divulge this information. And it's this gnarly sequence where you realize that even though like he doesn't feel anything, even though he's not aware ultimately of what's going on, you're constantly bringing this consciousness back to life in this fake setting. And by fake setting, I mean, literally, like you can choose the background to put him like on the beach in Hawaii. And he just like comes to in a chair and is just like looking around like, where the hell am I? And he freaks out. And every time he freaks out, you basically kill him by pulling the jump drive out of the computer and starting over again. So, but it's this gnarly concept where you just feel like such an asshole, like doing this over and over and torturing the soul, despite, again, there's really no punishment for it. There's really nothing that comes of it long-term. I mean, realistically, he's not even going to remember it. But just morally, like, is this right to really essentially torture this person over and over again to get something you need? That kind of plays into the ultimate theme of it. Like, the point of the game at this point is they built a, a giant spaceship called the Ark that they were going to load up with all the remaining consciousnesses they had of humans that they had uploaded to a giant drive of some sort. And they're going to shoot it through a space cannon into space and hope that humanity is preserved in that manner. So again, it, for, it makes you face with this question, is that living? Is that actually preserving anything? Is that worth it? Or in many ways, is that maybe our ultimate grand design and what our future will be someday if the planet dies? So you continue to proceed. There's more action beats. There's more thrilling sequences. Again, 20 times more intriguing if you're actually in a headset because when you're playing actually with a controller it's pretty bland gameplay and all you can really do is run and jump and quite frankly the controls aren't the best particularly in some of the underwater segments there's a really cool sequence one of the first times where you discover because again 
you're essentially an unpluggable consciousness where you actually transfer your body from one body to a different body to go into the deeper depths of the underwater because the body you currently are in wouldn't withstand the pressure. So that's again, just another one of those mindfuck experiences where you're just thinking of this concept of it's like, well, I like my body. I don't want to abandon this body. Like, I don't want, how am I going to feel waking up in a completely different one? They're like, is that still me? Um, so yeah, just that experience was just so freaking cool to me, particularly because like I said, it is technically a survival horror type of game. There are some very tense moments where particularly where you're evading characters. I wouldn't say it's fun per se, but it does get your blood pumping as you're trying to uh, outpace these rogue robots that are trying to chase you down. When you die, it does give you these pretty brutal sequences of, you know, basically just various depictions of like death. Um, think kind of like T2, the sequence when they're showing the end of the world on the playground, only like times 10. Matt, you mentioned tense moments where you have to outrun uh, adversaries. Does your skill in this game, can it affect how those go? Is it difficult or is it just manufactured tension when in reality you're just watching something that's already been preordained? There's a certain level of skill, but it's a certain level of skill that requires you in particular to essentially run a specific course almost perfectly. Again, this is a game I designed for a VR headset. So I think in that sense, they are kind of limited in the amount of skill they can really impart to certain parts of it. But the action beats itself are pretty cool where you'll see like a giant robot kind of like turn the corner and spot you. And you know that all you can really do is turn tail and run as fast as you can because uh, otherwise you're pretty much lost. Matt, I have a couple of questions. Uh, what initially attracted you to this video game and uh, did you have any hesitation about it? No, those are great questions. Uh, what attracted me, it was free. Um, it was one of those monthly free games that come through PlayStation and I download most of those and a lot of them just eat up space on my hard drive and eventually get deleted. But um, this was a COVID game for certain. This was a game that popped up when COVID had hit and, you know, without having to commute to work every day, I had a bit more time to, to focus on gaming and it just kind of eventually I was able to slog through that first sequence um, just to see what it was about. And like I said, it, it was a slow start and that's why I don't necessarily think that I would recommend playing the game, but I do think it's worth checking out like a 20 minute YouTube compilation video on it just to see some of these action beats. Cause like I said, I, I know for certain I'm butchering the amount of tension that are built up into kind of making some of these discoveries and kind of experiencing just again, like the whole thing is just such a mind fuck over and over and over again and constantly challenging your thoughts on like, how would you react to a situation like this? Like there is an instance where you, the first human you actually encounter where that's where you're discovering this wow supercomputer is keeping her alive 100% to create like bio uh, fuel for the rest of the computers and the rest of the like, robots on the station 
And that's, that's literally this only reason this person is alive. They're dead in every other regard. And you're given the opportunity. Do you put them out of your misery or can you live with blood on your hands? Particularly when you're playing as a character who really is an action hero. It's, it's a panicked, terrified nerd for lack of a better term. So um, just a lot of sequences like that. And like I said, I think that if I were playing it in a VR headset in particular, I think that like some of that would really make me take pause and be really blown away by some of the decisions you have to make. You mentioned those decisions and um, the brief examples you gave, you mentioned that they didn't really affect the over, over arch, arc gene storyline. Are there any decisions in that game that really do affect the narrative or how somebody could view the philosophy or moral standing of, of the game? You know, I don't really believe so. The, the one of the most interesting, and I think the only one that you could say technically impacts the end is since, you know, it's show and tell, um, I'll spoil it, but at the very end, you're loading up the arc to sh the giant cannon to shoot this this uh you know for lack of a better term a, a trunk of human consciousness into space um but in the course of doing that you're urged by Catherine that you have to transfer your own consciousness into the device and as you do that you're left with this moment where you realize that your other body still exists like you're you've essentially just copied your mind into the arc so you will continue to live on in that but the consciousness that was residing within that body is also still existing so you're kind of given this option where do you put it out of its misery knowing that this whole space station's collapsing or this not space station but underwater laboratory is collapsing and the earth is destroyed and it has no chance of escaping now or do you just leave it to be completely oblivious to what's going on because again and it's compounded by the fact that you know that that's technically you, even though you, the character you're now residing at, the consciousness, isn't aware of that. So lots of moments like that where it's kind of brings up just these kind of like bigger issues of like, you know, how would you, would, do you feel like, how will we feel as a society when we're relying on machines to do more work for us? Like, will there be a level where it's like, we're pushing too much or we're demanding too much or, you know, like, does that come into factor or is it always a machine? You know, because in this case, the machine also has consciousness. So just like I said, it, it's rare that I play games where I'm like taken aback by all the different thoughts that are running through my head, especially because most of the time you play games to kind of tune, tune your mind off. But uh, to me, this one just, I was just impressed over and over and over by all these major plot points that, and I, I cannot convey enough how much I'm butchering, uh, how well they go over. What kind of gamer would you recommend this for? Uh, I would say probably somebody who enjoys those kind of more story driven. Um, anybody who played like the Telltale Walking Dead series and got a lot of thrill out of it. Um, I know similar in those where the decisions kind of ultimately don't change the overall story, but still experiencing the story as it plays out. Um, I think those are two critical components to it and fans of sci-fi too, like more so 
like deep super nerd sci-fi not just like you know the pretty basic kind of you know i enjoy the world of starcraft but like full-blown like i actually want to get into the lore i want to get in the meat and bones of this and i i don't say that to mock starcraft i say that because starcraft you can pick it up start up the game and you kind of can figure out exactly what's going on from the first five seconds of gameplay versus this the world they've built like i said you go from thinking you're just a normal boring guy in canada to now being in an underwater lab to now realizing the whole world's been destroyed, to now trying to lo load your consciousness into a giant space cannon that's going to shoot you into the heavens and, and beyond. Um, it, it's just so amazing how much that world keeps opening up further and further. I, for one, welcome our new robotic overlords. <laughs> um, man, that's crazy. I might have to check that game out. I've played a couple of Telltale games. Um, I'm not really too impressed with them, but this storyline sounds pretty interesting. It sounds like something I'd be interested in checking out at some point. I think if you... Like... No, go ahead, Jack. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, it sounds like it's a story that could only be specifically told from the video game. Genre. Genre. Um... It's not the word we're looking for, but um, yeah, it's it's specifically a story told through the lens of a video game. And if it had been told from another medium, it wouldn't have had the same impact or it would have had to been told in a different manner. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's got all the elements you love of a great movie, but you can never make it into a movie without butchering it. Like it, it really needs to be a video game. Dave, if you do try it out, since I know you have a VR headset, um, highly recommend, like, even though we give you so much shit, but I believe that they have a mode that's like, for lack of a better term, story mode, that I think kind of cuts out some of the action beats that I was talking about. Because while they're cool the first time to die in this game, like 10 times, is incredibly punishing, not only because of the very disturbing imagery that pops up on the screen when you do, but also it's just really frustrating because it's not the funnest thing to run through. It's, there's no real challenge to it. It's just discovering the proper invisible path to where you know you don't get hit. So if you are going to play it, don't cut that shit out. Play it on the easiest difficulty. Focus 100% on the plot and really just sit back in the headset. Don't explore. Again, that's another component where you can sink extra time into it if you want. And yes, there are some cool elements where you'll discover small bits of backstory on the scientists involved. And, you know, again, it's building up that whole world of like there were living humans that are now the enemies chasing you around and all that. But it doesn't have to be there. Like if you just focus on the main plot points, you're still going to get your mind blown over and over and over again. And the Catherine, the voice acting is incredible. Like Simon is fantastic. Like I say, he plays it off as a, whomever does the voice acting. He, he plays it perfectly. He's just this confused kind of nerdy guy who literally just woke up in hell, basically. And Catherine, his foil, really is just this very cold scientist type who always has the scientific explanation for what's going on. So even though he gets is constantly getting emotional, she's the one who's just like, but why do you care? Like this person doesn't feel anything or that's a robot who cares if it dies like 
just kind of over and over, just like bringing you back with that. But at the same time, it messes with you because then you have the other actor and Simon just frantic and being like, I don't want to live like this. Like I feel messed up. So yeah, great game from my experience. And like I said, I think you can get most of it out of it if you just watched a, a compilation video on it, if you are interested. But I would be interested here if you do play it, Dave, because uh, like you said, I, it stuck with me. And I can't say that for most games. I'm just impressed you played something like this during the pandemic. Hats off to you. <laughs> There's no way. My anxiety at levels would probably have gone too high for me to want to be able to handle that. I like how this is coming from the guy who played the Division Two when we had <laughs> January six going down. But, but no, I, I agree. It was it was definitely probably the worst decision to play a game during the pandemic that is this heady. But I don't know. For me, it it took my mind off of the stress of day to day life. So, well. We've spent the last 20 minutes talking about philosophy, deep questions, what it means to be a human, and just what makes a good narrative video game. I want to cheapen all that. I want a rating, one through 10. Uh, I would give this one a solid eight. And the only reason it's an eight is because I have to ding it for the gameplay component. Because if you're going to call it a video game, you need to have a bit more than on rails action or at least make it more gratifying to really dedicate time to the exploration. Um, also some of the graphics aren't the best. That's largely because I, again, it's a VR design game. So, um, you know, the details aren't going to be as spot on, but it's a solid eight. And I think that that's only because of the various scales you have to take into account because the areas that suffers are, major components of video games like control and overall gameplay and fun but if you just focus on you know sound and story and setting uh knocks out of the park all right gentlemen if you have nothing else you're interested on soma tonight i'm sure i'll bring it up again later recording but in the meantime this has been couch co-op video game podcast and thank you so much for listening